Welcome to Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national stories focusing on news, politics, and current events. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Update One. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. Today, we're going to talk about cybersecurity for journalists. We're only now starting to become very aware of how much of our data is being harvested on the internet and things that we are are doing online are not safe. And so we need to take extra measures to protect them. Most of us know about antivirus software and anti-spyware software, but there are threats far beyond that. And as journalists, we have so much to protect. We need to protect our data. We need to protect our stories. We need to protect our sources. We need to protect our files. There are phone apps that we can use to encrypt our phone calls so that they cannot be intercepted. Services like Signal and Wire. And then there are email services that are completely encrypted and there are virtual private networks. Today, we are going to talk to uh, someone at the forefront of just that, uh, Andy Yen. He's the CEO and founder of ProtonMail, which is uh, an encrypted email service, and they also have virtual private networks, and we'll get into what all of those things are uh, once we start talking to Andy. Andy, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. So first, uh, a lot of people don't know about encryption. If you could explain what is encrypted email. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's a complicated um, concept to explain, Uh, you know, especially in the journalism field, um, you know, some of the correspondents that have the highest risk jobs uh, are actually, you know, on war correspondents. Uh, And if you're a war correspondent going into a war zone, uh, you'll usually go with a helmet and also a bulletproof vest, right? Right. Um, and that's because that's because in a war zone, uh, the threats um, are very physical and they're very um, obvious. Now, if you're any other journalist, though, in any other field, uh, in fact, you're facing actually a very similar threat. Uh, and the threat is actually, you know, um, cyber attacks. Uh, so this could be, you know, governments, intelligence agencies, um, anybody who may want to compromise you or compromise your source. Uh, right. And this is actually a pretty big risk. So if you think about, you know, using communication uh, methods, uh, whether email or other communication, me- communication methods with your sources um, without using encryption, uh, it's sort of like a war correspondent going into a war zone uh, without a helmet. Uh, so it's actually a very, very essential uh, part of, you know, I think um, the work of everybody um, in the field uh, to, you know, particularly use encryption to protect your communications. Definitely. Uh, so... You know, the way to kind of explain encryption is sort of like it's the helmet that you wear uh, in cyberspace. Um, mm-hmm. And um, what it does is it protects your communications uh, so that no one except for you uh, and the intended recipients um, can read it. Uh, and if you take a system like ProtonMail, which uses end-to-end encryption, uh, this is actually very powerful because not only, you know, does it ensure that, you know, you and the person who is you're communicating with are the only people that can um, read your messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also ensures that we, as a service provider, um, can also you know not access your messages. Uh, so if we were to someday be hacked um, or breached, um, or if we were to you know um, get uh, coerced by the government uh, to mm-hmm. give up our data, um, we wouldn't have any data to actually give up that would you know reveal sensitive information from your private communications. Uh, so that's really the main difference between you know, something like ProtonMail, 
uh, and other systems, you know, like uh, Gmail. Sure, sure. And ProtonMail is uh, it's it's free to use, which I think is wonderful. And uh, one of the one of the features is that you can add a password and you can make the email delete itself after a certain period of time. So do you find that a lot of journalists are, are using your service to communicate with sources? So, you know, we don't have a lot of information um, on our users because we're obviously very uh, privacy focused. Right. Um, but if you just search on Twitter, you know, um, ProtonMail, uh, you see it actually showing up quite often on the profiles of, you know, um, various journalists around the world, uh, you know, New York Times, uh, Wall Street Journal, um, Washington Post, and you see it in, in, in quite a few places. Uh, you know, it is a good way to protect your sources uh, because, um, you know, not only is it encrypted, um, but you can also get an account in an anonymous fashion. Uh, so uh, it's in, in many ways become the preferred channel uh, for sources to communicate with journalists. And, you know, we see that's why, you know, more and more journalists find it you know, kind of like necessary as part of their jobs to, in fact, have an account at ProtonMail um, because it's a sign that, you know, a source can contact you securely. Definitely. And that is so important in, in this day and age. And so outside of email, Proton also has a service called a virtual private network. And so this protects your IP address and your the files that are on your computer and any other information that you might have digitally. Will you explain what a, a VPN is? Yeah, of course. Uh, I think uh, maybe I'll go back a little bit into actually the history and the background behind you know, Proton VPN. Right. Uh, so we were actually at the uh, second investigative journalist uh, conference uh, that was held in uh, Kathmandu, Nepal. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is, you know, held by several, uh, you know, uh, journalistic organizations uh, to help journalists uh, who are working uh, in Asia particularly, uh, you know, do their jobs effectively. Um, especially, uh, you know, investigative journalists who are going after government corruption, uh, going after corruption in state companies or in, you know, even in the private sector. Uh, especially in Asia, there's certain countries where, you know, that line of journalism is particularly risky. And, you know, a lot of the journalists who are working uh, in these countries, uh, in fact, are working out of an environment where the Internet is not only highly restricted, as in you cannot access a lot of, you know, data um, online because certain sites are just simply blocked, mm -hmm. um, but also the networks are heavily monitored and scrutinized. Uh, so they're recording for example, you know, every single site that you visit, um, if you make a lot of visits to, for example, a message board where dissidents are, um, that may put you on a watch list, right? And um, that could put sure. you at risk. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, for us living in Western Europe or in the U.S., uh, you know, we don't kind of have this big brother always looking over our shoulders. Uh, but in Asia, um, in many people, you know, who are working in journalism, uh, this can actually be a life and death situation. Absolutely. Uh, so the purpose of a VPN is it's a way to hide your actual IP address. You know, when you connect to a website, a different IP other than the one that you actually you know, own um, that is connected to your computer is the one that shows up. Um, it can also allow you to access websites um, by making it appear that you're coming from a different country. Uh, it's also a layer of encryption over your entire internet connection. So whoever is monitoring your internet connection um, is not able to see what you're visiting, what you're downloading, uh, and what data you're transmitting from your computer to the internet. Uh, so it's in many ways a very powerful tool to you know both secure your privacy and also your security. Definitely. And so does that work on public Wi-Fi networks? In fact, it works on any um, internet connection. Uh, okay. So uh, you know once you turn on the VPN, it establishes an encrypted tunnel uh, between uh, you know your computer uh, and you know our VPN servers, mm -hmm. uh, and you know. 
that's secured with 128-bit or 256-bit um, AES encryption. Uh, and there's really no way for any state actors to break into that encrypted tunnel and you know, see your internet traffic. So having a, a VPN really uh, enables you to work on, on public Wi-Fi networks and, and work at places outside of your private network at home and, and have confidence that your files are secure and that what you're doing on the internet is secure. That's great. Yeah, of course. And uh, also, you know, even at home, it's useful to use it, right? Uh, you mm -hmm. know, let's say you're an activist in, in some of these countries where, you know, the situation is really bad. Um, even at home, they're monitoring your connection, right? Uh, right. So uh, it's something that, uh, you know, we actually recommend just uh, keeping on all the time because it's an additional layer of security uh, that is quite beneficial. And this, I mean, you're, to offer Proton Mail for free, um, I, I think it's wonderful. And a lot of people out there say, you know, if the if the software is free, you're the product. But that's not the case with your service. So why did you decide to offer this at no cost? Well, you know, um, I think you're ent you know, entirely correct. Privacy and security uh, ultimately cannot be free, right? Mm. Um, and of course, uh, Proton Mail and Proton VPN uh, are sustainable. Uh, because there are also a large number of users who elect to pay us, right? It's not, you know, you don't need to pay us to use the service, um, but you can pay us to get additional features. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's because we have a large support in the community uh, and a significant fraction of paying users um, that does allow us to, you know, um, keep the free service around. But the way that we look at this, of course, uh, is the people that often need these tools the most uh, so these are people, for example, in Russia, in China, or even countries like Iran. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're actually the ones that often have the you know, least ability to pay. Uh, so you know, because of that, uh, it becomes very, very essential um, to make the service free uh, so that these people can use it. Um, also, communication is very much a two-way street, right? Um, so you know, um, if your source um, wants you to use ProtonMail, but you're not willing to pay for Proton Mail, uh, then that hinders that communication. So, um, you know, by making it uh, free, um, we actually make it much more usable um, at the same time for you know a much bigger group of people. Uh, and that, to us, I think is an important part of our mission. Uh, and uh, you know, for me personally, I think that is much more important than you know, for example, maximizing profits. Sure, sure. And you, you founded this company in, in Switzerland, and, and I read that the, the world, some of the world's best privacy laws are in Switzerland. So what, are, what laws are different there than here? Switzerland is a bit unique because the country itself you know, has a very long history, you know, both culturally, economically, and politically, of you know, um, privacy, security, and also neutrality. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is kind of a unique combination that you don't find anywhere else. And this is reflected both in the legislation uh, and also the way the legislation is actually enforced. Uh, so, you know, here, for example, uh, the courts, uh, the judges, um, and even the law enforcement, uh, they take a very, you know, um, pro-privacy view, uh, you know, on many things. Uh, and this is advantageous uh, because, you know, you know that here in the Swiss court system under Swiss law, uh, you know, dissidents, activists, uh, journalists, um, those are for sure going to be protected. Uh, and, you know, it's, I would say in the States, um, that was also, you know, the case for a long time. But recently you have seen more incidents of, you know, courts uh, trying to pressure, you know, uh, newspapers and journalists uh, to give up sources, right? Uh, and sure. this is something that, you know, given the way that, you know, the Swiss tradition of privacy and security and how, you know, deeply it is um, 
baked into the culture here uh, simply would never be permissible. Outside of Proton, what cybersecurity tips would you have for, for journalists to, to keep everything they have safe? I think the number one thing is always you know, awareness, right? Um, you know, many times, uh, especially nowadays, uh, people really don't have a good sense of you know, how much information uh, they have out there on the cloud, right? Whether it's Google, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever, uh, you know, we're kind of entering an environment where we're putting out actually a massive amount of information um, online, uh, and it's there and accessible to you know um, governments or anybody you know who uh, you know may want to have an interest in getting that data. Right? Uh, mm -hmm. We saw, for example, with uh, Facebook with Cambridge Analytica, uh, you know, people who are using Facebook that didn't expect their data to be you know used in the election, uh, right. inadvertently now had their data you know being used by the Trump campaign and stories like that. Uh, so you know, um, I think uh, kind of what is important for journalists in particular, is you know, when you're going online using online services, uh, you should think about what data you're putting out there. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. What is the business model you know, of this company that you're giving data to? Um, and you know, is that something that you want, you know, your, is that someplace you want your, your data to go? And when you kind of think through that process, um, then you sort of realize that you know, most of the internet today, uh, you know, um, Google, Facebook, and these companies, uh, in fact, um, they don't have your best interests at heart. Uh, and you know their best interest is actually keeping the advertisers happy uh, and not keeping you know your data safe. Right. Uh, absolutely. And, and sort of that exposes sort of you know the major conflict that you know resides today on the internet. Uh, and I think that's something that you know we need to resolve. Um, we obviously take the very pro privacy stance, right? Uh, and um, we're seeing very good progress in a lot of people, you know, becoming more aware of privacy issues, moving to Proton as a result. Uh, yeah. But this is going to be a gradual process, um, but I think it's very important for society as a whole uh, that this awareness uh, increases. Absolutely. And I mean, it amazes me when I install apps on my phone, all of the permissions that they ask for, a, a flashlight will ask for access to your contacts. And it is simply amazing to me. We really have to be aware with, with everything that we do. Yeah, because uh, the internet is everywhere now, even in places we don't expect it to be. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, I think that education hasn't really caught up to that yet. Everybody out there, check the settings and permissions, whatever you're using a website or installing an app. Uh, and, and I know Mozilla has a, a privacy-focused web browser out there, and DuckDuckGo is a search engine that doesn't track you. And so there are, there are a lot of things that, that we can do as journalists for cybersecurity to protect everything you're doing online. Well, Andy, I can't thank you enough for giving us a, a insight into Proton Mail and all the cybersecurity measures we can take. Is there anything you feel we've left out? No, I think, uh, you know, that's very, very thorough. Uh, you know, we work a lot with journalists, and I think the work that you guys are doing is very, very important uh, because, in fact, you know, it is through the press that the awareness of these things, you know, um, does increase. So, you know, the reporting on both Cambridge Analytica and the other privacy stories, uh, you know, that have happened in the past year, you know, these are all the things that are bringing up the awareness uh, and ultimately leading to the changes that um, are going to make the world a better place. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a very important uh, mission, and... Uh, from the tech side, uh, we definitely appreciate that. Most definitely. And we definitely appreciate your expertise. So, uh, Andy Yen, thank you so much. And this is Shannon Fisher for Update One.
You have been listening to Update One, a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Committee. You can comment on this show or any episode of Update One by going to facebook.com slash pressclubdc or on Twitter at pressclubdc. Thanks for listening to Update One.